Welcome everyone to episode number 62 of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. Today you're joined by your regular hosts and we're also joined by a very special guest, Mr. Jason Woodforth, the ICN Queensland president. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. My absolute pleasure, guys. Indeed, my pleasure. Yeah, so you're actually our our only repeat guest on the podcast. So there's a little uh, gold star for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm sure most of our listeners who know who you are, and they probably all met you as well. I mean, majority of our listeners would be ICN competitors, but I just wanted to kind of get you to set the scene. Like, what is your role with ICN and, and what do you basically do on a on it for each season? Yeah, okay. Uh, my role is um, ICN Queensland President and Australian Vice President. Uh, you know, like it's just basically getting the shows ready uh, each year, like from one show to the next, they, ro they roll around pretty quick. So it's all about uh, getting the venues ready, uh, the posters, the uh, the sound, the lighting, the staging, uh, the staffing, um, uh, the posing classes, like all up for the whole year. We do 32 weekends of posing classes uh, all around Southeast Queensland and Townsville. Um, yeah, it's just coordinating all that. Um, we get pretty much all 365 day of the year. We'll get a question or two about something. Uh, it's very rare to go a whole 24 hours without a question from somebody about something. Um, yeah, and uh, you're getting the website up and running. Uh, we'll get a new website coming for Queensland soon. Uh, Insta, which is handled by Kirsten. She's amazing on, on Insta. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we do um, throughout the year. Yeah, awesome. I think there's definitely a lot more cogs turning that people than people realize, especially setting up that whole uh show day and everything that goes on behind the scenes oh look show, show day takes around about 150 man hours to set up um so from sound lighting um uh catering uh just channel staff my staff um and then on the day on a big show day we'll use up to 100 staff over the two two day weekend you know mm. from judges to back, back of house staff uh front of house channel staff that we have to pay for uh catering sound lighting you name it yeah yeah, awesome. Well, I thought we'd kick things off with something pretty general, just about season B. Like, are there are there any updates you wanted to share about season B, or any like changes to different categories, or anything along those lines? No, I've you flipped me through the questions. I might leave them because um a couple of them are in the questions. One's about classic physique. Unless yep. you want to touch on that straight up. No, well, I think we'll wait for that for the okay, classic. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. eager to to hear about that. So we might start with something a, a bit more general than just about. Uh, best advice for first-time competitors and how to manage pre-stage anxiety. I also just wanted to thank everyone for sending through all those questions. We got quite a few great questions. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, because we deal with newbies all the time with these podcasts, that's why I love coming back on each season because mm. it's just new people that weren't listening to us a year ago or two years ago on some podcasts I've been on. So, um, but we always tend to get a question that's new, which is really, really yeah. good. Uh, or, or to it, yeah. Um, so, sorry, that one again. Uh, best advice for first-time competitors and how to manage pre-stage anxiety. Was that the one? Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, um, don't put pressure on yourself, firstly, to win. Um, I think that way to have a good day is to just go, I'm here, this is a journey, um, I'm, I'm at the point where I've put all my work in for this day, uh, I've got the best version of me, I, I've won. And that sometimes relaxes people because they're asking people, they go, oh, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win. But if you come second, you're kind of, you're lost. Okay, so don't put that pressure on yourself so you can have a great day. And um, you know, I've seen people come off that didn't even place, they've sent me messages saying that was the best day of my life. 
Okay, so then probably that's probably the number one thing to, to take that anxiety, take that pressure for yourself is winning is putting the best version of you on stage and there's nothing more you can control other than that. Mm. I think I think another one there too is going to some of the posing workshops, like the pose with the pros, like, you know, chatting to some people, like, you know, you'll pretty much get a good group of friends by the time you hit stage, once you start running up to those posing workshops. You know, if you're rolling around at the Stafford one, you know, start chatting to some people, it's going to make the uh, show experience so much better. Oh, 100%, Dan, good input, man, because um, that's the idea of the whole uh, coming along to the posing classes. And um, I only said to a, a friend of mine, I said the other day, because, mate, do they really love the posing class or what goes on? I said, mate, I've never had someone come away from a posing class and go, that was the worst experience of my life. It's like, and then you wouldn't believe it, because um, that was before the posing class. Um, two hours later, at the end of the posing class, this girl comes up and goes, I am so glad I came along. I was so nervous. I was putting off, I'm putting off. I just should have come earlier. You know, and they get to meet uh, you, know, you guys come along as well, the uh, the pros, like you say, and we're building a community. And by the time you get the show day, it's like, oh, Sarah, hey, Bob, hey, Bill, you know, like it's, it's, it doesn't feel like a strange place. Mm. I think it's also like the, the, the most close example you'll get as to standing up on stage next to other individuals, you know, because like when it comes to, to posing for your coach each week within a check-in, it's fair enough to do that in the safety of your own room in four walls with just yourself. But when you're obviously posing with other individuals, uh, it's the closest you'll get to being on stage. So I think it even just bring, builds your confidence being able to pose with other people around you. And just like you mentioned, like building that camaraderie with, with others as well and, and having some friends backstage that you can bounce off, that you can you know enjoy that time with because as much as it is a competition at the end of the day, I think a lot of competitors can vouch for this. They walk away with a ton of extra friends that they've picked up along along their journey as well. Oh, DC, good, good. Yeah, mate, another one they always say is that, um, well, actually, you know what? So many coaches send them along to the posing classes because they say exactly that. Look, this good is one-on-one, but get used to standing next to other people. And because we've got those two rows, we're walking backwards and forwards, which you can't really do on just a one-on-one. Um, and you're doing it with a group of girls or guys. So, yeah, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. Cool. We'll move on to the next question. And this one says, is there a difference in ICN judging between states? Uh, no, not really. What can be the difference sometimes is who's on stage. Uh, you know, we've got a criteria, but we can only um, judge compared to what we've got on stage. And I always use the girl from Darwin that um, had a four pack in bikini. And, you know, normally you go, well, hang on, you can't have a four pack or six pack in bikini, but she had this ripping four pack but the rest of her body was perfectly bikini. So, and the other two girls who were in it just weren't lean enough to go, well, you know, you, you just weren't close enough to bikini. So yeah, depending on what you got on stage, we can only judge that. And I remember um, actually it was a Victorian show and I knew who won it. I went, oh geez, I'm going to ask Tony for a photo. Ask Tony for the photo and went, yep, you know what? She doesn't really meet the criteria, but looking at the five girls in it, she was the closest to the criteria. So sometimes that's the case. Mm. Yeah, great point. And I guess we'll, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. And um, we got quite a few questions. So I think it's it's good if some of the answers are a bit more succinct. So what are your obligations as a pro if you accept the pro card? Okay, so firstly, good point on accept the pro card. You don't have to accept the pro card. And, um, you know, when we used to give them out up here, say, uh, we'll offer a pro card to the person we're about to announce. And I actually have had one person um, uh, give it back to me. Um, he was shocked actually when I said, mate, no problems at all. He's like, are you sure? I said, mate, this is your journey. 
Um, you know, if you're not ready for it, no problems at all. And uh, yeah, gave it back and um, he's continued on in his amateur career. Um, but uh, once you become a pro, the um, obligations really aren't any. Um, you know, we don't force our pros to do anything, uh, unlike some of the federations where, you know, you're, you've signed in blood. Uh, now it's a case of, you know, you're now a pro. Uh, we look forward to you coming back and um, competing as a pro. And any uh, division that you're, sorry, category that you're not a pro in, uh, you're welcome to compete as an amateur. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And another question for you. What gets better results on stage, posing or physique? I know this is a bit of a, the kind of both uh, character traits that you want on the stage, ideally. Well, yeah, look, ideally you want the the winner to be obviously the best physique with the best posing, but that doesn't always happen, right? Mm -hmm. I do say to the judge and say, okay, remember it's a bodybuilding competition. The best physique needs to win. Now, if the best physique has ordinary posing, that's okay. If the best physique really had bad posing, I would say the judges, you'd probably put them down one place only, okay? But, you know, people have to obviously sit in the audience and just go, that posing's terrible. Oh, he's got the best body, but oh my goodness. And because presentation is one of the points, um, is that that might cost them one place. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, hey, get to your one-on-ones, get to your posing classes. Uh, again, with po- actually, again, with posing, and uh, this is where a lot of um, coaches are sending along the posing class, and they actually say, go and get another opinion, which is great. Like each year that goes by, more and more coaches are like getting together and going, yeah, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And you, you know, you guys have all seen posing classes where we're bouncing off each other, just going, hey, Jack over here, what do you think of this? Dan, what do you think of this? And you know, we're bouncing off each other. It's fantastic. Mm. We got the we got the pose with the pros early August, is it? Is it August? Uh, yep. August sixth. August sixth. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So I think if anyone's in in Brisbane, then they should definitely head on over to pose with the pros. Well, what gym are they hosting? Well, yeah, uh, Dan at uh, World Gym Stafford. Yeah, no, I was just going to mention like on that sort of relationship between the best physique or the best poser. I think a way that you know you can conceptualize that is at the end of the day, you know, it's it's who's winning the shot you know, who's winning the rear double bicep, who's winning the front double bicep. So if you have that right combination, you're probably going to win the shot, even though someone might have a better physique overall. If you can sort of combine that in the right way, then even if potentially your physique is slightly worse, but your posing is miles better, you could potentially be winning that shot. So I think that's probably the the way to think about it. Yeah, and that's, um, yeah, very true, uh, Lawrence, so well, use the rear double bicep is a perfect example. Is the number of people that miss that, or even the rear symmetry in um, in uh, the model poses or, or classic figure, is they miss this, the, the rear shot and they haven't got the back on um, and they get ran to a front. Yeah, they might win a couple of shots there, but they don't put it, turn it on. That's going to cost them. And you know, I had a, a guy turn up uh, to posing a couple of weeks back, and as he's posing. I just walked up to him, grabbed his arms and went, man, you've got to turn these on. Like these are an incredible set of arms, but if you don't turn those arms on, they're just going to be arms. Um, so it's really important that that great body needs to flex it on right. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. I also see more more and more gyms these days with like a double mirror setup, which is always nice Yeah, uh, to, to practice the back poses. Well, we've got to change my acrobats around because I've got three wall mirrors and you yeah. can't see your back. We need yeah. one on an angle. <laughs> That's a shame. I think another re- like another point there to to talk about is like you mentioned, Jason, with regards to you know actually tensing something and actually being able to bring it to light. Because we look at something like I remember even in prep, for example, myself, and 
I would hit like an abs and thigh shot. And if I didn't actually really tense my, my, my quads, it looks like I didn't have any lines in them. Like they'd be lean, but I wouldn't really have any lines. And it wasn't until I really dug my heels into the floor and kind of pushed that push, foot in, or I should say heel into the floor and really push that foot forward that those like stri- cross striations come out. And I guess if you're on stage and you're missing that little bit of detail, it could appear as though perhaps you're not actually that lean, but you may be very lean, but it's just that you're not actually showing your, your physique and showing those striations, which would, would do your physique great great amounts of uh of 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 good deeds when it comes obviously you know the res- and the results at the end of the day right yeah absolutely and actually i had a friend of mine who competed a few years back and his posing was just oh it was we just couldn't fix him and he was shredded as when he walked on the stage the judges went like oh wow look how shredded this dude is and but just sadly he just could not pose if he had to be able to flex properly um, he probably would have done better, maybe even one. Um, but yeah, the posing just didn't really show that physique as good as it was. Mm. I did have another point, but I've lost it. I might come back to it if I remember. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's one of the classic physique questions. So for classic this season, do we need to do relaxed quarter turns or is it just to pose off and classic mandatories? Yep. So well, we started season A, we dropped the symmetry. Uh, too many guys were doing bodybuilding symmetry poses. Uh, so you just need to come on with a classic physique symmetry front pose. Once everyone's on the front line, we'll then give you approximately 25, 30 seconds of free posing. So there's the amount of time we would take to go around the quarter turns, we've replaced that with free posing. Now with that, guys, is that um, make sure you pick your best poses. You want around about four, four six or eight at most, um, but there's no point having eight if a few of them aren't very strong for you. Pick the you know four, five, or six of the strongest, and then repeat. So if we happen to go through them and we haven't finished with the time we're giving you, just repeat those ones. You don't want to add in something that just isn't a strength for you. Mm-hmm. So if it's, someone if someone's rear shot, for example, isn't their best, like you wouldn't mind if they don't turn around to the rear at all. No, no. This in particular is to really hammer home how good your classic physique is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jack, I'll use you as an example. What pose it is of yours? You've got one, is it the front bicep one arm up back yeah, thing that you do? Yeah, yeah, man, like that just, you can just hold that for the whole 20 seconds, you know? <laughs> and just remind, I've got this classic physique look and that's what you want to do. So we have a, a few guys we're doing on the other weekend and I just said to them, through those poses, I think just lose that one and lose that one. They're not doing you any benefit. Um, yeah, and then just like I said, just repeat them um, if you go through them and only hold them for about three seconds, three, maybe five tops. Cool. Yeah. And, yeah, and this isn't like a pose down either. This is actually judged now, correct? Well, um, D- um, Dan, it's not judged per se as in the routine they do, but certainly it's it's a route. You really want to make it a routine that's very transitioned from one pose to the next pose. Um, because again, in classic, it's something about that style of moving from one pose to the next pose. Uh, you know what? I reckon we might go down the track where we're also judging it as a posing routine, not on its own, but certainly just watching the person go through one pose to the other. But still at the moment, it's about looking at the pose itself and saying who's holding the best classic physique poses. Mm, I think one one really distinctive point between let's say for example bodybuilding and classic physique is i often think in bodybuilding 
you can get away with not having as much smooth transition between your, let's say, symmetry rounds. You'll see some guys move between their poses and it is, it is a little bit more blocky. It's not really this like nice, smooth transition, but the way I see it and I've always tried to articulate to my athletes is that in classic physique, you are being marked on your transitions. So like you need to make them, it's an extra bit of criteria. I don't know whether it's actually on the criteria or not, but I just say it like that because then, then they're like, okay, I need to make this as flow-like as possible because I'm being marked on this movement from front shot to side shot. Yeah, absolutely. DC, look, your presentation is in all of the criterias. So absolutely, yeah. And you know, I always use what uh, Pete Hartwick says in his book is that make every movement purposeful. Don't just move an arm for, for the sake of moving an arm. Move that arm with purpose. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And do you know if in nationals, like the same will apply or will it be different at nationals? Now, I've been trialing here in Queensland. Um, at this stage, you may get asked to do the symmetry as well. So it looks like for nationals, it may be the case of symmetry, uh, the 30-second of po free posing, then into the mandatories. Okay. So uh, guys in Queensland, just be flexible with that uh, for what will happen at nationals and you'll get the heads up and, and basically be prepared for both. Yep. Just so that you, you know, you're prepared. And uh, I'm assuming tropics will have the free, free posing at the start. Actually, you know what? I have not checked in with Scotty. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to double check on that one. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And uh, we can always uh, share that if you find out in the next week, that'll be easy. Yep. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Cool. So um, in relation to other states, this question says, can we get Victoria to bring in the swords for the overall winners? Yeah, like we just had a bit of a, ch a chat about before. So sadly, Victoria's got different uh, police laws or laws for firearm weapons, and those swords are classed as weapons in Victoria. Uh, so it is just not worth, worth the paperwork uh, to use swords. Um, but yeah, if that ever changes, swords it is. Yeah, they'll have to come up to Queensland if they want a that's, sword. That's it. Come up to Queensland. <laughs> we put on a great show, I think. <laughs> so, um, that's, a question that's crazy. I actually did not know that. Can we get like, like you know, crowns or something like that, or tiaras? Or <laughs> well, 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 actually, we'll get that for the boys. Just when when Lawrence goes down there, we'll make sure they get a, a nice crown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. King. Yeah, well, when you go down there, DC, and you win the bodybuilding overall, we'll get your nice little sash. <laughs> nice, beautiful. <laughs> I think that would look great on me. So um, a question for sports model and fitness. How to do well in sports model and fitness and distinct differences to nail both. And I'll actually give you a two-parter. And what do you get more marked down in for sports model and fitness as well? Okay, so in regards to the difference, uh, let me start there. So the difference is very little. Someone who's doing well in sports or fitness and does the opposite will do also well in the other one, Okay. Difference being is in sports, you don't have to be that, you have to be shredded, but not super shredded. And in fitness, we allow that bit more of a shred. Okay, so that's really the difference. We're still looking for that X factor, um, the V taper in the back poses, the nice pop shoulders, um, uh, out of quad sweeps. Um, yeah, still looking for all that in both. Um, but some girls actually just don't look the, as good in both. So you change the clothing around, oh, you actually look better in the sportswear. Um, but yeah, so what do you get marked down for in, in markdown? Say in fitness and sports, you get marked down for looking like a figure girl. Um, I remember a Townsville show back in 2015. Girl came out in, I'm pretty sure it was fitness. And when she walked out, we went, wow, there's our Miss Figure winner. Didn't enter Miss Figure, but she just was like screaming Miss Figure. 
So that's one re one thing we get marked down for. Um, so she was like too good for the category. Um, that's kind of like someone who's even sports or fitness enters bikini, doesn't get a top five placing because again, too good for the category, you get marked down. Um, that would probably be the major major thing. Um, the other one would be not lean enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, th I think another thing that can really help the sports division as well is a little bit more pop to their routine. Yeah. I find the fitness yeah. is more like straight cut, like, you know, you're there to like kind of look jacked and shredded. And then when you got sports, it's like a nice little jazzy look. For example, like uh, I believe it was one of uh, TBD's clients, um, Veronica, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, very nice little pop to the physique, even the same with Ricker. Like there was a difference between both of our routines to kind of fit that sports division look a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, good point. Um, Dan, because, um, you know, posing presentation, the transitions, they're all going to count towards what we're looking at. And someone who's up there with a resting bitch, bitch face on, I mean, that's going to cost you. Um, and, you know, I go back to a show in about 2013. The judges called me over and said, um, look, this girl over here on the left, far left, she is like looking like a just a just didn't want to be there. And um, I turned around and went, whoa, yeah, oh, my God. And they go, we're going to put her down a place. And I said, that's fair enough. I don't know we went one or two. I'm pretty sure we only went one. She actually asked me for feedback a, a year later. And I said, could I be be honest with you she said please do i said you look like had your resting bitch face on and she said i know i saw the photos i so disgusted myself so that smile my, my number one tip for posing is smile the the energy that radiates out of you and the judges love that so you know if there's one thing you do smile to begin with that's the most important thing you can do on that stage and and from that so much more comes because when you're smiling you're more in an upbeat about you. You can't smile and just walk around like you've got a frown on your face. You can't because you have a smile on your face. Yeah. Yeah, I know Lawrence has been practicing his smile, so we'll definitely be seeing it on show day. <laughs> Mate, we uh, we do joke, but I, I do actually, like when I'm running through the like non-mirror posing, like uh, I do try and practice the smile because it's very easy to say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll just like smile on the day. But if you haven't been practicing it, then... Yeah, you're probably not going to, to be fair. But, mate, I'm always happy, so it's easy. Yeah. Lawrence, to your point, we say that you got to practice it because, oh, no, no, I'll just do it on show day. I'll just do it on show day. Don't be so sure because if you're doing posing without a smile, you'll get on that stage and go, I'm doing my posing like I did. Like, that's what you've programmed in um, is a pose with no smile. Um, back in the day, um, Jason Papadopoulos had a great smile. And um, I love using this example because I love using the word Papadopoulos. And um, <laughs> rolls off the tongue nicely. Is that uh, I'd have them in there at Body Zone back in the day, and I'd go, Jason, it was a side chest he did. Do a side chest, Jason, with no smile, and then do it with a smile. And she's the, the, the pose just lit up when he put that smile on. And you know, like if it's not a smile, a fear of God, or just a just something to show the judges you're putting the effort in. And again, 2010, I think it was, head judge calls me over, men's over 40s. And goes, mate, can you get a message to them that if they don't want to freaking smile and put an effort in, get them off the stage? I was like, holy shit balls. I look up and I went, this is a fair call. So I went over to them, pulled them all forwards and said, the judges are sick and tired. You look like you put no effort in whatsoever. Put some effort in and show that you want to be on this stage. Yeah. yeah it, it matters. It matters. The devil and the detail matters. Yeah. yeah. Don't do all that work to just miss something so easy to do. Mm. I think yeah you I think definitely raising the point about not just smiling because you can still smile and not have energy like it could just be a limp smile 
I mean, smiling, a limb smile is better than no smile. But sometimes like when you see, like I know when I see Lawrence up on the stage, he's going to have that energy as well as the smile. And yeah, yeah. and that kind of shines through um, to some people. Like I just look at them up there and they just don't really have much energy. Like sure, you've just dieted for six months, but I think having that passion and that energy kind of also sort of make you stand out as well. Hey, we did actually, I must post it up and um, I'll post it up actually after this is we did a photo with the um, one of the posing groups on Saturday, one without a smile, and then I asked them to smile. The interesting thing was when they went and smiled, all their body positions changed. Every single one of them, they went from sort of like just a, a flat sort of stance. And as soon as they had to put the smile on, they automatically, chest came up, arm position changed, head changed. It was like, wow, look at the difference. Just that smile and that want to put the energy in made to the way the body was looking. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, start smiling, everyone, for sure. And uh, this is a question, interesting question. I think this is a first one for you. Maybe it's not actually, but yeah. bikini lean division and bikini soft division, like no question mark, but I think the question there is clear. Oh, look, um, I know where this came from. I had a chat to him the other day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and look, I got to agree with me. It's not a bad idea. It, it really isn't. Um, I, I will float it with uh, the head honcho. And uh, I don't, look, I don't think it would happen, um, but certainly... Um, the, the only thing the only thing being is we've got to be careful that that lean bikini doesn't become a fitness or phys, um sports body mm -hmm. um otherwise there's no point it's got to sort of like still be that leanish of say um the shelleys the the breeze uh who else gonna think of um maddie's you know like that's the borderline lean we want um but is there one for a sort of like a more fuller yeah I don't know. I'll, I'll certainly throw that um, that question out there. Um, but for now, no, it's just the one. Uh, bring it into that um, a lean, but still very few lines of muscle separation. Yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes difficult to to kind of please every physique because naturally everyone has, they have subtle differences in their physique. And um, maybe while trying to pursue a bikini look for ICN, their body just screams something like a little bit leaner than that. Or maybe they just do have abs popping at that sort of, body fat um similar to like how like what if a, a more muscular guy like a bodybuilder wants to chuck on some board shorts like that's like there's no division that really caters for for that at icn like they're better off just doing bodybuilding well that's the thing is that you come back to criteria there so like some guys who um want to do a physique but they've just got that muscle belly fullness in the chest the arms you just go dude you realize you look like a bodybuilder um, and I know in the States, I think it's the MPC division, one of you guys probably know, is they've got the um, the heavyweights in the in the men's physique category. And that's what came about from what I believe is that the guys that should have been in bodybuilding were coming in men's physique because um, they didn't want to do leg day. Um, and they had to get that bigger look. So they've now got you know, a smaller look and a bigger look um, because of it. Yeah. Well, could we have maybe a refresher on like what what is the ideal criteria for, for men's physique? Yeah, men's physique is what we um, call back in the day a developing physique. So yes. developing into a, say, call it a bodybuilder. Um, but effectively, you don't look like a bodybuilder. Um, and let's use, well, let's use DC, DC as a perfect example. Let's use Brandon Kempter as a perfect example. Is that, you know, putting those guys into physique, you're just going, no, that's wrong. They're, they're bodybuilders. So that's the, that's actually the difference. And then men's fitness we're not looking for a bodybuilding look and we're not looking for a big physique look. So your winner of men's physique, we wouldn't want to see in men's fitness because you're just too big for that. 
men's fit, fit, also... fitness is like the best physique of them all though isn't it though jace it's like the most ex- most aesthetic the most amount of mass like fullness in the arms and chest <laughs> like yeah like it's pretty much like the new bodybuilding like we're, we're not going to go into too much detail here but we just wrap it up there yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, something like that, Dan. Something like that. It's like the apex. It's like a lion in the jungle. Yeah, that's the one. Others are like, yeah, like little chihuahuas out there. <laughs> what was the other comment? If we won't pass on that one. Heiko, <laughs> I guess you're yet to compete in that one, aren't you, DY? So I guess you're a bit of a chihuahua until that day comes about. So exactly right. Yeah. I was just going to so- say, in terms of the men's physique uh would you also say that there's perhaps a, a greater criteria towards like ab symmetry as well how your abs look i think would be a very important piece similar to to men to men's fitness but uh i think for example if we look at something like men's bodybuilding you potentially could look at some of the athletes as maybe having a little bit more of a blocky waist obviously it's still ideal to have a, a narrow waist in men's bodybuilding but if you have that mass it might not be uh, as much of a draw that's sort of a draw card um, in men's fit physique, would you say that what, having very symmetrical abs is an important piece? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, symmetrical abs. I think also that V taper. Um, and I, I'll use Tom McNamara and Jacob as two perfect examples from season A. That's the look of men's physique. That nice taper from the shoulders down. Uh, nice abs. Uh, they're not blocky, as you say. They're just they're they're certainly there, but they're not blocky abs. Um, but yeah, those two physiques, just amazing. I can imagine Tom maybe was on the borderline and he maybe just snuck into men's physique. Um, cause he is a, he's a large individual. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I suppose when we get to those sort of individuals, um, in any division, uh, we look at who is in the pro ranks. Mm-hmm. So someone might come out and we'll go, um, certainly me, actually, um, sports model and fitness model in particular the females sometimes girls will come out and i'll go whoa and i'll use a montana as an example you know and you just go whoa hang on a second is she too big for it say no she goes into 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 um the pro ranks and she's perfect yeah so those 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 ones that tend to win that you think are too big once they go into the pro ranks uh they're matched yeah 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 that's a great point so this other question says, would you, sorry, would they consider consolidating top two on each class to battle for pro cards? Uh, yeah, okay. Didn't quite understand this question. So mm. pro cards will never be handed out at the state show. Um, we did do it once during COVID due to just because of COVID. Um, yeah. And we haven't handed out ones at state shows, I think since 2017, maybe 18. Um, so we're going to leave it that for nationals and also for international events only. Um, yeah, we want the best of the best and not want everybody, you know, winning a pro card. Um, it would devalue the pro card. Hmm. What yeah. about like at nationals? And again, there's, uh, this is a tricky question to answer, but say like, a, say there's not enough competitors to have two classes. So they do a fairly stacked single class at nationals, like, yeah. and the, the top two look absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, t- um, uh, the pro, um, uh, pro, what do you call pro promoter Tony Lanciano? He does actually have the ability to actually grant a pro card. So if that was the case where there was just one division in the opens, um, he has the ability to be able to go. You know what, guys? There's actually two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. cool. So, yeah, very rare to happen because we normally have more than one height class. Yeah, um, but yeah, if that was to happen, Tony has the ability to do that. Mm. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, speaking for the men's divisions, I think 
like the only one that seems likely for that is bodybuilding but for the most mm. part bodybuilding still has two um well at least at season eight they had one they had one class but yeah um, hopefully, hopefully two classes this season yeah season a is always light on um yeah we saw in figure this year even queensland uh the lightest it's been in just years um but you know come season b every division stacked yeah do you think maybe more people are saving it for season b or like do you when people ask you like when they should compete like what what season do you recommend people to oh i recommend either um you know some people due to work uh due to holidays um due to getting married uh just have to compete in certain seasons or if actually if there's um uh, two couples and they both compete it's like you're doing a and i'm doing b we're not doing it together yeah. that's what tiara and i are doing she's doing a i'm doing b next yeah, year you know, perfect perfect yeah, yeah. so uh, don't do either because both have got to see nationals um you know both have got um great events here in um brisbane at chandler um actually even the sunshine coast show is really um uh arced up we really love that show it's a, a good show nice venue um and yeah so we'll compete either yeah i think people also got to remember that in, if you're doing season B, you have to sort of diet through the winter, whereas in season A, at least you get a little bit more respite over summer. You get to experience the summer months a bit leaner. Yeah, yeah but, but the issue with season A is that I noticed a lot of people list is that they pretty much have to give up Christmas and Easter a majority of the time. Mm. So, you know, you're giving up two are probably the hardest events. Yeah, New well, Year's as well, Australia Day. Okay, yeah, well, exactly. we've, we've made that easier, guys. We've got uh, May 5th and May 19th for next year. There we oh. go. So a little bit later than usual. What What was the, uh, was there any sort of reasons behind that? Yeah, because the um, the international events are early June and for competitors to hold from April through to June was just too much after all that dieting. Yeah. Um, so we've made it later for them. So uh, next year, Sunshine Coast, May 5th, uh, Brisbane Classic, May 19th. Uh, sitting uh, nationals, I think, was it 26, 27, maybe 25, 26, I think it is. Um, and then the first week of June international event, I think Italy, but don't hold me to that. Mm -hmm. And will that be, like, will the season B shows be pushed back a little bit as well? Yeah, potential for season B next year as well to go back. I'm just waiting on some dates for international and national um, yeah. before confirming. I've got about like three dates held with Chandler at the moment. Mm. Yeah, that I think we are stoked. Yeah, I would be stoked, mate. Just keep pushing it out, baby. A couple more months and then oh, I'll go 2025. Yeah, if it's too far away, I'll have to do 2028 or something. I'll wait. Jack's like, nah, it's, it's too much time. Yeah. A month well, sooner Jason, would have been perfect. Yeah. I'll be keeping my fingers crossed, Jason, for, uh, for the shows to be a little bit later, for sure. Uh, uh, we run for season B. Season B, yeah. All right. Yeah. Put your request dates in for me. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. So um, this next one says just about drug testing in general. So how often is it carried out and only at nationals, at state shows as well, that sort of stuff? I uh, know we carry it out at all shows um, and at nationals in particular, uh, we do an absolute stack. Um, Wayne McDonald, our CEO, he is um, just the whole entire day is just one drug test after another, after another. So um, look, all around the country, I'm going to guess, 250 300 tests done over a year mm. yeah i know can speak for the coaches here as well like we've all had clients who have been drug tested as well yeah um, and even if you kind of go down to the icn new south wales instagram page i thought it was cool how uh they posted up the photos of people with their drug test and their ziploc bag with their with their sample 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's quite quite a lot of proof that um, the the winners are drug tested. Yeah, and just on that, we're not like any other sport where um, there's cheats, and we do the best to catch them, just like uh, the Olympics do, like cycling does, like footy does, like baseball does. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, we're we've got the same issues that every other sport does, uh, but I think in our sport, there's a I know I'd like to think there's a bit more morals mm. to think that hang on because there is a, a, an avenue for the the ones that are using to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It does require a special someone to, to um, have morals so poor that they compete in a natural federation when they're enhanced. And what, and what is the, and the, and the, there is an enhanced federation. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Especially one that is, is booming. Like it's very prominent and it's easily accessible, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, On that, um, do the pros need to do any off season testing at all? I, I believe there is a chance for sometimes random drug testing for pros. Yeah, the thing is, um, it's a bit of a um, uh, a process in that they've got to be one registered as a member because if they're not registered as a member at the time, uh, they're not so to speak compete um, so called competing. So there's a bit of legality problem around it. We are trying to bring in our um, three six five. Um, oh, oh, just gone blank on it. ICN three six five, which is basically. 365 days a year of testing where we've all committed to actually doing a random test once a month. Uh, but we still need to look at how that will actually work. Yeah. I guess, let me know if you can't answer this, but if someone is caught, like what, what actually happens if they're caught uh, using drugs? Well, they're, they're, they're banned for, I think, have we changed the life? My apologies. Um, I've actually gone blank on that one, uh, but the, oh, there's a ban straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jace will also dob you into the cops. Like he's got your address on file too. So <laughs> see you later. Wait, if if the cops are really serious about that, they just go down to the local gym and follow people home. <laughs> well, and not to mention, of course, the the social sort of embarrassment you get. And yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of. I think if anything, that would be worse than the lifetime ban you get from ICN. At least if yeah. Yeah. I would think you, so. You know, go back um over a decade, we caught a bloke and um he was sitting down there backstage at Chandler going, This is great, you guys are great testing, test this is fantastic, and really sort of going over the top about how great it was getting tested. He came back with um three different steroids in him, and um then it went to go get published on the Asada page. And he sends us in a letter going, you can't do this. It'll wreck my career. It'll wreck my training business. It'll wreck something else as well. I'm thinking, well, there's three reasons not to have done it in the first place. And secondly, had you just gone to the other enhanced non-tested federation, no one would have said shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to keep your reputation, in yeah, just go. So it's, it's published on the uh, WADA page, is it? Yeah, WADA. Oh, sorry, back in the day, Asada, but now uh, right. WADA, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. That's good to know. So this next one says, and I think we can sort of equate this to all other categories as well, which don't have the uh, figure or oh, the mama division, but like, why is there no figure mama category um, when other female divisions have it? Oh, that's easy. Um, just not enough for competitors and the figure 30 plus and 40 plus kind of take care of that. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So main differences in ICN classic physique versus bodybuilding posing quarter turn specifically. So we've covered this mainly, but I guess we can revisit. It, it always comes up quite frequently as a topic, like classic versus bodybuilding posing. 
Yep. And look, go back to DC's point is that I think it was DC that said it is those transitions in classic physique are probably a tad more important as you transition from uh, movement uh, pose to pose. But at the same time, I remember back at an expo show, uh, probably 2018, 19, and these two young under 19 year olds, these two teenagers, they transitioned so beautifully in their um, quarter turns, we got them to redo it and filmed it. Uh, it was just beautiful to watch. So it doesn't matter what division. Um, yeah, you are the show. And we say this at posing classes all the time. You are the show put on a show. Don't just turn for the sake of turning. Back to Pete Hartwick's comment. Put everything, do everything with purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're dieting for that long. Like you, you don't want to leave anything up to chance. It should all have a purpose. And in terms of getting into the actual pose, like... I know some people really drag their transition out. So like they're the last one to get into the pose, but what's your stance on like how quickly you should get into it? Um, okay. If we're talking a bodybuilding pose in particular, or this figure, uh, classic physique or physique, but let's go to the muscle ones first is if your particular pose you're getting into is your strong one, why would you want to take so long to get into it? You want that thing switched on and for the judges to see it for the whole entire time, they look backwards and forwards, left to right. Um, and the same goes with the model categories. If you've got a smoke and side pose, it just you know, pops. What are you waiting and taking time to get into it for? I think the other thing with uh, Miss Figure and Miss um, a Sports Model in particular is with the rear pose, if you're going to go from arms up to arms down, I would just transition straight from up to down, down to up. I wouldn't turn around and say, hey, judges, look at me. Your movement alone will be picked up by the eye. Um, don't waste time on a booty pop, especially your, your back pose and both of those poses are strong. Just keep showing those two poses off. Mm. Yeah, great advice. Jason, do you think I should maybe do the little shoulder check uh, between the rear double and uh, rear lat spread? Maybe bring it out in bodybuilding this year. Yeah, do it with a smile though. Just <laughs> I love yeah. that. Just sort of look back, pop the shoulder, yeah. bit of a smile. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Eyelashes as well. You yeah, got, exactly. You got... You got to, you got to, if Joey happens to see it, he'll, he'll, he'll piss himself. Yeah, <laughs> um, he'll but, but just on that Lawrence, just on the shoulder pop, as we say at posing classes, don't do a shoulder pop without a smile. Like why? It's it's like you, you, you're popping that shoulder up. You're doing that with a smile, with a little cheeky grin smirk. Um, again, that little bit of detail in the presentation and, and girls film yourself doing a, uh, a shoulder pop with a smile, without a smile and tell me which one you know, looks better. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, and on that, can I say when you turn around from the front, from the rear to a quarter turn or rear to a half turn, girls have a smile on your face already. So you come around with the pearly whites. Okay. Don't put it on after you come around and set the pose up. And we do this at posing class all the time and show the girls. And the difference is amazing. Awesome. What's your will, will Lawrence get uh penalized for doing like a rear glute spread? Because I know the IFBB uh actually deducts points now if you are caught uh transitioning with that <laughs> will we let it slide we i'd like to see it. a transition with the with the glute spread mm. <laughs> yeah that with that with a little well, bit of a shoulder pop hey eh? yeah <laughs> as long as long as he does the shoulder pop with a smile we'll forgive him it, it can right, be yeah that's good on a little bit more of a serious note what's uh what's your take on a classic physique athlete hitting a sort of, I guess, a bodybuilding flair and then into the actual classic variant. So as an example, let's say, let's say a classic side tricep 
some athletes will actually hit more of a bodybuilding style side tricep to start with the you know the knee over the the other other foot i'm uh, sorry other, over the other leg as a means of getting that that's our hamstring out and then they'll sort of i guess transition their foot across to face the crowd with having that hip tilt but some athletes you i think might spend a little bit too <laughs> might spend a little bit too long in that bodybuilding variant before transitioning into the classic variant do you think athletes might get marked down if they're striking any distinctive pose that represents bodybuilding absolutely dc they will get marked down um it is just straight into the classic pose i think the um i'll use a question i got last year was can i do bodybuilding poses in classic physique i mean it this it's a self-answering question um it's classic physique so why you want to do bodybuilding poses and get marked on bodybuilding poses in classic physique mm. so that gets straight into that pose of classic and just hold that one Mm, so for example, uh, let's say someone's hitting a back double bicep rather than hitting the back double bicep with both arms straight on, you would want at least one arm straight up as in like slightly asymmetrical, perhaps yep. one arm pointing up towards the sky while the other's hitting a, a bicep pose. Would you prefer that someone hits that immediately as opposed to goes into your traditional back double bicep and moves the arm up? Yep, exactly that, exactly that DC. So straight into that classic pose. Um, don't show us the difference between bodybuilding and classic. We, we get that. Um, we want to see your classic physique pose. So straight up into that off-angled uh, rear double, double bicep. Cool. What's your or favorite? As in, or as in the tricep, sorry, the tricep one you described before, straight into that angled tri uh, uh, side tricep pose yep, with yep. the leg out. That was actually my question. Yeah, the, um, the side tricep. So this one's about men's physique and it says thoughts on men's physique shorts. Is there a preferred length and fit? Um, look, it's above the knee. Uh, I, I would go with drawstrings, certainly over elastic band um, and also don't wear them too low. Um, I've seen guys in uh, both fitness model and uh, physique. Well, actually all, all divisions of men's wearing their pants too low. It elongates your midsection and shortens your legs and throws off your symmetry. Um, we had a guy in men's fitness one year that was so low on his hips that he's he actually had an hourglass figure. So before he got to the, the pants, the hips were already coming outwards from the, the, the tiny waist. So, um, you know, you can change a physique. Like a glute there, maybe. Yeah, you, you can change a physique with how you wear the clothing. I remember a girl back in, I'm going to get back to 2008, in figure I'm watching her on stage and uh, sitting in the audience and um, she got, I think she had about a fifth and the mum said, Oh, that was terrible. I said, your problem is your daughter's got um, her pants so high up on her hips that it looks like she's got no midsection and the longest legs and they didn't suit her. She goes, really? I said, yeah. Anyway, we're in Melbourne the week after and she just missed out on winning. And I'm sitting again, I happened to go by her mum and she goes, we saw the difference just so right. And I said, you know what? That was so close um, now that she had a symmetry about her. So um, really important that you wear your clothing properly for the, the benefits, your, your symmetry. Yeah. And what about color? Like I can imagine you don't particularly want a solid black men's physique short up on stage. Yeah. But yeah. Men's physique. I'd tend to go with sort of like, um, I wouldn't go black, but if you're going to go black, you probably have some white through or something, um, but you don't have to be flary. It doesn't need to be flary. Don't, you don't need to, don't don't bring attention to yourself in any division where the judges and this has happened, uh, especially with hair. You might do some sort of crazy hair or something. Don't do something that dis distracts us from looking at your body. 
okay? Your shorts did nothing in the gym other than cover you up, okay? They weren't pushing the weights, all right? So don't make us look at the shorts or look at the hair and go, wow, that's just, what what has she done with that hair? Well, that's crazy. Look at those shorts, holy mackerel. When we're discussing uh, something that's not your body, you've put too much emphasis on that. What I say to that is, is make sure things, everything stands out, but those things aren't the stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, going back to classic, um, yet again, what are your thoughts on like someone, let's say they have some glute lines or they've got well-conditioned glutes and they sort of uh, pull up their shorts a little bit to show some glute? Um, oh, no. Or, no, not in classic. No, no, no. So you don't, uh, because I understand that conditioning is somewhat similar in classic to bodybuilding, but you still don't want any glute showing. No. No, and and in all um, classic uh, poses of the sixties and seventies and eighties, there was nothing about the glutes showing. Um, yeah. And actually, just on bodybuilding, um, unless you've got striated um, glutes, don't be pulling your um your, your your pants up your butt. Yeah, 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 and and it does happen. And the other one, guys, in bodybuilding is don't wear your pants too low. Mm. You know, again, give that shape, give that uh, the the symmetry shape. Yeah, yeah. So interesting question here what is the worst thing someone can do on on stage on show day i mean there's a lot of things we could list that are pretty bad but i think let's keep it realistic maybe okay the well jeez i mean let's, you could pick a fight that's pretty bad yeah <laughs> well there is that video that from many years ago where they do the pose down the front and some guy uses the elbow and knocks them off the stage <laughs> that, that was real but um probably the, the worst thing is again we go back to what was the first tip smile so if you're not smiling, you've got no energy about you. And it's very hard to put a pose on to make that thing really pop. So smile number one, because that's probably the worst thing you can leave off. Um, wearing, just as we discussed then, wearing your costume the wrong way can really detract from the physique. Um, wearing your hair too crazy. Um, I go back to 2017, Whitney um, over in Bali, she comes out and goes, Jason, Jason, look at my hair, look at my hair. And um, she could see how it just, just, it just made her body, the whole thing look wrong. Um, and so there's so many little tiny devil in the details that you can do on the day that will go against you. Um, hair, tan, makeup. Oh, tan. Well, we haven't spoke to tan. Yeah. You come on looking white, it's going to go against you straight up. Or guys in fitness in particular, you go tanned up to your jawline and you've got this white face. Just It's a terrible look. It's like I, I, the judges struggle to get through that look to say, hang on, because in fitness in particular, we're looking like we want to give this guy this this can of whatever to promote. Yeah. So um, yeah. there's so many things that you can do wrong on the day that will get you potentially marked down. Mm. I was going to ask a question about uh, tanning, essentially, and a little bit more specific towards, I guess, bodybuilding, figure, et cetera. I guess men's physique, classic physique as well, and men's fitness. But uh, with, with dream tan application, like I know that in the Queensland shows, we love dream tan. It's often sold at some of the shows. Like we've got many competitors backstage using dream tan. It's never really an issue, but I know that at some other States, like for example, nationals, uh, it's maybe not favorable as much by, by perhaps the, you know, the ITN president there. Um, do you think there should be more perhaps like standardization of, of whether we can use it, we can't use it. It's acceptable. It's not acceptable. Well, see, the the way um, Dream Tan started to get banned back in the day was because of cleaning problems. But I've never had a cleaning problem um, 
except for one time in 2008, I think it was. And they tried to actually blame all the marks at Chandler on us. I'm looking down, just going, are you serious? Look at the floor. Because six months later, next show, they actually ripped the floor up, said I was in terrible condition. I said, I know. And you blame me for all those marks. The, the thing was, yeah. So we've never had a problem with TAM. Um, but all the other states and even other federations have banned it from this apparent reason that it, it makes a mess. Um, but it, it can be taken off. It can be taken off walls. It can be taken off toilet seats. It can be taken off um, pretty much all, most things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got no problems with it in Queensland. It is a state-by-state state thing, federation-by-federation federation thing, um, but no problems in um, ICN Queensland to be wearing drink tan. Mm, I guess for, for any listeners that are perhaps outside of Queensland, it might just be best just to check with your, your ICN president as to whether dream tan is, is desirable or not, um, just as a means of, you know, double-checking. Yeah, and look, I know um, guys have gone down um, where you're not meant to wear, wear it. It's, and again... You're not meant to wear it only because of the cleaning issue. That's the only reason why it has been banned from um, other shows and other federations. Other than that, it's one of the best tans out there. Um, I still feel it needs a bit of a canola oil um, spray over the top just in the last five minutes. Um, but um, other than that, it's fantastic tan. Mm, absolutely. I guess you could say almost any tan results in sort of, or any top coat results in some uh, wet residue. So like, they all have the potential to make a mess if you wipe yourself against the wall. So, oh, Jack, absolutely, hundred percent, man. But yeah, um, uh, Dream Tan's taking the fall for all of them. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Having said, I feel like Dream Tan's probably one of the easiest to get off as well. Like with a wet cloth, it just like more or less comes straight off. Hundred percent. Some some of the other tans you're sitting there scrubbing for like five minutes. Yeah. Mate, all you need to do is take down some baby oil and paper wipes, and you're done in fifteen minutes. Mm. Yeah. Dy will do it for you as well. Mm, yeah <laughs> oh pros don't have to do that jack come on you're up there mate so uh, we're actually at our final question and this one says do you have to place top five at a state show in bodybuilding and classic to do both at nationals uh no you've only got to get one qualification of top five and then you can enter anything you want at nationals mm-hmm. what if uh what if someone does place six and like they like it their their goal in life is to go to nationals that season like what happens in that scenario yeah they can um contact me and uh, let me know that look they're very keen on going there's three weeks to go uh i'm going to make these changes and uh, i want to go and represent queensland and pretty much all every time i'll say yes um and i'll use a um gentleman back in the day uh he came it was back in the day when it was top three and i think he came fourth or fifth and i said mate no problems at all it's three weeks away um he said i'm gonna go bring the condition in etc etc and he got a second at nationals Mm -hmm. so we certainly don't want to block someone's potential uh to their want and and, uh, desire to go to a national event yeah 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 we actually got that question a few weeks ago and we we basically said to message you so i'm glad we said the right thing yeah oh good excellent yeah cool Great. Well, that pretty much brings us to a close. Thanks as always, Jason, for hopping on and and uh, enlightening us with those answers. So if uh, listeners do want to get um, in touch with you, how can they find you? Yeah, uh, email address is jason.woodforth at icompetenatural.com or an easy one is just qld at icompetenatural.com. Uh, mobile's always on. I uh, may not answer if it's over from asleep uh, or we're training. Uh, 0403-498-444. Message me, give me a call, whatever uh, you need to do. But uh, no, no, no problems at all to, to contact me. Perfect. Cool. 
Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure most of us should be at the post of the pros. So we'll see you there. If not, definitely at the shows. And uh, yeah, we'll certainly have you on again in the future. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next week for episode 63. Thanks guys.